You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. God's wisdom, the way up, is down. Do you feel like your life is currently looking at the cement beneath your feet? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Danny, he teaches you that in God's kingdom, everything is opposite to how the world seems. Jesus took on the very nature of a servant, humbling himself to a criminal's death on a cross. But what seemed to the world as the lowest point, Jesus was exalted by the Father to the highest point. He was given a name above all others. When God's on your side, your low will not stay low. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Spiritual Wisdom. Corinthians, a lot of it is a book of correction. Paul writes it because the Corinthian church, they had a lot of spiritual gifts operating, and yet they were a very carnal, a very worldly church. They had lawsuits between church members. They had issues with sexual sin. They had issues with division in the church, and they were dividing over preferences to leaders. And uh, why the different preferences? Probably the same as still today. Some like one guy teaching better than the other guy teaching. Some like one guy's personality better than the other guy's personality. And all kind of reasons we can divide over different leaders in the church. And so Corinthian church had all these issues going on. Chapter 2, where I've chosen to teach from, Paul has just mentioned at the first part of chapter 2 that when he came to Corinth and he comes from Athens... And he was shaken up at Athens because it tells us that in Athens, he debated with the smartest people in the world, Epicurean, Stoic philosophers, and he didn't have a lot of fruit in Athens. I don't think it's because he wasn't sharing Christ. I think he was sharing Christ, but he's dealing with the greatest minds of the world. And uh, they didn't receive the gospel for the most part. They didn't accept the gospel. And he comes to Corinth and he's shaken up and he determines that he's going to keep sharing the gospel and he's going to make sure he's not going to try to impress somebody by his oratory or by his intellect so that people's confidence in their faith might not rest on men's wisdom but on God's power. And after that introduction, verse 6 of chapter 2, he says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. He's talking about in the church. 
but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Fascinating. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's a quote from Isaiah chapter 64, verse 10. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? The same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We, and again, he's talking to the church. We've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Verse 14, the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Decision-making, valuation, discernment. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Talking about those who don't have the Spirit. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And that's interesting to me because another quote Paul pulls out there, verse 16, who's known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Also from Isaiah. That's from Isaiah chapter 40. But we have the mind of Christ. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. Verse 8. Let's start with that one. Verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, this wisdom, this secret wisdom. They didn't understand it because if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Fascinating clue. Now, the rulers of this age, my take on it is from scripture, it's a combination of human and spiritual entities. It's not just spiritual entities, but it's a combination. It's both. It's human and spiritual entities. Now, let's, let's go to a couple of these scriptures. Turn to them and look at it with me. Psalm 82. Psalm 82. And a couple of verses I want to pull out here. Psalm 82, verse 1. God presides in the great assembly. He gives judgment among the gods. And if your Bible is like mine, you have gods there, little g, and in quotations. Now, this is one passage Jehovah's Witnesses will try to use as a proof text that Jesus is God with a little g. Because they say, see here, God talks about these gods with a little g. Well, you got you to look at the whole context. Because if you go down to verse 6, I said, God's talking, you are gods. Again, quotation and little g. You are all sons of the Most High. And so there is this sense where you're all children of God. But notice he says, verse 7, but you will die like mere men. 
He's talking about gods with a little g who are human beings who have risen to power, risen to a place of authority, and yet they are godless. He says, you're going to die. You may be big in this world, (laughs) but you're going to stand before me one day, and you're going to die. You're not a god. There's only one God, all right? Now, you take that, there are human gods, little g, God calls them gods. They have authority. They have influence. And then you go to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and you go down to verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, talking human there, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, if you just took that passage alone, you wouldn't agree with my conclusion here that the rulers of this age, it's human and spiritual entities. If you just took Ephesians 6 without the rest of Scripture, you wouldn't conclude that. Let me give you another fascinating Scripture. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 is the record of Judas, one of the 12 apostles, betraying Jesus. And the record tells us in Luke chapter 22, verse 3, then Satan, get this, entered. Judas, called Iscariot, one of the 12. And Judas went to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. This is Satan first influencing Judas, but now he actually enters Judas. And so it's a spiritual force of evil, the ultimate spiritual force of evil, the person of Lucifer, Satan, entering Judas, the rulers of this age, not just Satan and his forces in the heavenly realms, but human beings that he influences. Fascinating. So the wisdom of this age is very simply the wisdom of the world, influenced by Satan, but Satan uses people. There's some characteristics of the wisdom of the world. Not just deceptive, extremely deceptive. Extremely. You just write it down. I didn't put it on the PowerPoint. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith. They'll walk away from the truth. I got a text today asking me to pray for some guy who evidently is known in the rock and roll world and his father is a pastor. And I think the text said his uncle is a pastor, but he's walked away totally from God. They were asking me to pray for him. He's been deceived. Some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. It's ironic that demons themselves are deceived, which is what our text says. None of the rulers of this age understood the wisdom of God, this secret wisdom he's talking about, because if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan would never have influenced Judas. 
would never have entered Judas to send Jesus to the cross if it understood the wisdom that God is talking about here. Would have never done it. You guys are an easy group to teach to because you seem interested in this. I'm serious. Turn to Luke 22. We were just there. But go down to verse 53. Luke 22, and go down now to verse 53. They come to arrest Jesus at night, and he says to them, Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. You match that up, and this is so Jesus bump good to me. In Matthew 27, verse 45, it says when Jesus was on the cross from the sixth hour, that's high noon. That should be the brightest part of the day. Sixth hour, high noon, until the ninth hour, 3 p.m., darkness came over all the land. I put in my notes, what day did Jesus rise from the dead? Sun day. Sun day. In the morning, light. He hung on the cross, and it was the hour of darkness, but it was deceptive darkness. And the rulers of hell in the heavenly realms, Satan, his entourage, and all those who were against Jesus, human beings, they thought, we got him. We've won until Sunday morning. You talk about a comeback. <laughs> you can clap. Jesus is the ultimate comeback kid, man, coming back from the dead. So the wisdom of this age, it's, it's darkness. It's darkness. It, it's cloaked. It's, it's, it's deceptive, extremely deceptive. Real quick, the benefits are temporary. It's the wisdom of this world. And the consequences are everlasting. Verse 6 of our text, let me remind you, verse 6 of our text, 1 Corinthians, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Benefits are temporary. Consequences are everlasting. Now, also from the text, it's interesting to me, the wisdom from the Spirit of God you got to have the Spirit of God. Otherwise, you think the wisdom of God is foolishness. That's what our text says. The man without the Spirit, verse 14, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Foolishness without the Spirit. And with that, not subject to man's judgment. This is encouraging for the Christian. Be reminded. doesn't matter what the world thinks about your decisions. doesn't matter what the world thinks about what you value. They don't understand. They don't get it. And they will never get it until they're born again, until they have the Spirit of God. They won't get it. Now, as I studied and, and really meditated on this today, I was reminded that this wisdom from the Spirit of God is recorded right in the Scriptures. It's all through the Scriptures. He pulls from Isaiah twice in this little section. I think that's interesting because as you look at Isaiah, Isaiah is the one that prophesied that the virgin would be with child, 
that he would be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, that he's going to rule and reign. And when he does come and rule and reign, that the world is going to be filled with peace. The animal kingdom is going to be totally different. As I mentioned on this one, and I like to think there'll be no walls at Bush Gardens anymore. It's going to really happen. But Isaiah also prophesies in chapter 53. That whole chapter is about the coming of the Messiah and the wisdom of God in allowing him to go to the cross. That's the plan. It's the cross. And the wisdom of the cross is all throughout the scriptures. And in some way, the cross is connected with pretty much daily Christian living. And so what I want to do is give you what I call classic Christian wisdom characteristics. This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of heaven. This is the wisdom of the spirit. This is the wisdom of the scriptures. And I was so encouraged in my study, even though I know this stuff. But the challenge is not to know it. The challenge is to live it and really believe it. And this is not an exhaustive list. You're going to think of one or two or who knows, a lot that I don't have in this list. This is the wisdom. You want to find your life? Lose it. That makes no sense to the mind of this world. It makes no sense to the natural man. It only makes sense to the spiritual man. Matthew 16, got to read it. Matthew 16, verse 24, after rebuking Peter when Peter tried to deter Jesus from the cross, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. I need to believe that daily. Another characteristic, <laughs> you win by losing. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I mentioned the Corinthians were, among other things, taking one another to court. They were suing one another in public court. And Paul writes in verse 7, he says, The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you've been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wrong? Why not rather be cheated? You win by losing. A third, you want to be exalted? Want to be a god? Bad motivation. But exaltation is by way of humility. Got to turn to them. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23, verse 11. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Then the tremendous example of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, 
I love, love, love this passage. Philippians 2, verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who in being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. God's wisdom, the way up, is down. And get this one. You want to overcome evil? You do it with good. Romans chapter 12. And I pulled out several verses from chapter 12. Oh, they're so good and they're so convicting. Romans 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody. Verse 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it's mine to avenge. I'll repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. And my understanding, it's coals of conviction. You'll be used by God to bring conviction in their life. Okay, a couple more. Classic wisdom from God. You evaluate life decisions in light of eternity. I've told you before, and I'm telling you, it's the truth, and I hope it just continues until I see Jesus. I think about heaven every single day. Every single day. And you need to because you want to evaluate life and make decisions in light of eternity. I love, of all the scriptures I could have gone to, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Choices in life made in light of eternity. I got two more. And it goes with that last one, but I put it separate because it really should be. Live in light of the future judgment. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Aren't you thankful tonight? I'm so thankful I'll never stand before what's called the great white throne judgment at the end of the book of Revelation and be cast into what's called the lake of fire. I mean, can you say thank the Lord that you're not going to go through that? I mean, it's just amazing. The grace of God and the mercy of God that saved me and saved us. Now we live our lives in light of the future judgment seat of Christ. 
Thanks for joining us today on The Living Word. In this series called New Testament Highlights, Pastor Danny has been unpacking how time and time again, the truth of God's Word shines brightly into a dark world. The New Testament highlights that Jesus' life and ministry was a shining light into the Roman-oppressed nation of Israel. In addition, the bright testimony of the apostles amidst opposition proved that there are always opportunities to be light in a dark world. Are you sinking into despair about the heaviness that surrounds you with the events and circumstances that seem to get worse? You might wonder if there's any end in sight. Well, keep your chin up and keep your eyes fixed on the promises of God. He'll never leave you, and that can be a shining beacon of hope. We trust that this teaching has given you a renewed sense of what to live for and what's to come, as you're reminded of other people who are great examples of living out their faith. If you'd like to hear this message again, you'll find it at ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. You can also connect with us through social media. Look for links to Facebook, Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be able to stay up to date on the latest things happening and know when new videos are uploaded. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Living Word.